0: Welcome to the HeartStream Musings podcast, a podcast to help you on your journey of self-love. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Francisco, a self-love coach and inner child guide. In the podcast, we'll dive deep on how to heal your inner child wounds, break your relationship patterns and liberate your truth so you can claim the relationships in life that you deserve. Thanks so much for listening. I'm super excited that you're here. everybody. Welcome to the Heartstream Musings podcast. Super stoked that you're here. This is the first time that I'm actually also doing a video recording of the podcast. Normally I just do audio, (laughs) but I was talking to a dear sister of mine this afternoon. We had a little sister girl date and she and I were talking about the idea of just showing up. And I feel like this podcast has really allowed me to show up and overcome my fear of being seen, which was something that was so, so real when I first started, you know, the early stages of my business and allowing myself to share or even think that I had something to say. Um, and so it's just really cool to kind of see the different levels of growth that I've had along with this podcast. So the first time that I actually did this podcast, I joined this course to help me understand what, how to even run a podcast, how to even set it up, how to publish it, all of those things. And it took me forever. And I would always script everything out for the earlier episodes because – I just wasn't comfortable yet with my voice of knowing and having a voice and owning that and a lot of that stuff. And um yeah, so like a lot of a lot of the episodes in the very, very beginning, they were just all scripted. And then eventually I remember talking to another girlfriend who just sounded so natural. And I said, How do you do? And she said, Oh, I just have an outline. Um, or I just freestyle. Um, and I just remember asking her, do you think I can do that? She <laughs> said, yeah, I believe in you. You can do that. And and then so eventually I dropped the script. Then I just started freestyling, and then I got really good at that And and, you know, just really honing into my intuition of just being able to speak. And then now I, you know, after that talk today with my girlfriend, I realized, oh, I want to try doing video with podcasting and just showing up today and seeing how that makes me feel. And so I almost feel a little proud of myself. Um, like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm doing something that makes me uncomfortable. And, uh, and I just have – anytime that I do a solo episode, it's because I'm super excited and super passionate about the topic that I'm going to speak about. And so today, what I'm going to talk about is just the power of of sisterhood that I felt. Um, And so I'm not going to go into the whole experience of what, you know, my tantric yoga training experience was like. I'm going to save that for another episode and release it on a different date. But this is just kind of a – this is just a bonus. And, you know, being in this portal with women for a month of feeling like we're in this – this you know, Shakti temple, learning these sacred rituals, purifying our bodies energetically, physically, like just all of these things um, really allowed us to show up in a way that was just real and raw. And, you know, I always, I mean, I used to say to everyone, like, oh, hey, sister, you know, um, just that deep bond. And if, and if you haven't, heard or listened to my previous podcast episode where I talk about the power of, you know, communing in sisterhood and healing the sister wound and all of that, like I talk about that in previous episodes. So I have two episodes where I talk about healing the sister wound and then I also talk about the power of women's circles. And so I feel like this is kind of the third version of that. But anyways, I am – I coming back from that training program i wouldn't say i was necessarily ready to teach i wasn't ne- i wasn't ready to teach tantric yoga because to me it's such a very sacred spiritual practice and i want to be able to embody those things and sometimes when i think about how spiritual this experience was I look at, oh, wow, you know, just even even my perception of what I thought it was going to be, which was essentially, you know, learning a couple of asanas and teaching different people, <laughs> you know, tantric yoga. And then that was it. And then I realized, oh, this was this was a yogini training. It wasn't yoga teacher training. It was truly a yogini training. And what does it mean to embody and hold these deep rituals and practices and to really manifest it into… Your own practice, but I feel like I'm digressing. Um, That could be a whole other separate episode about, you know, the yoga industry and all of that stuff and and how teachers show up and, you know, um, what teachers resonate with, teachers, you know, don't resonate with me and and what do I look for and what type of teacher I want to be. But the thing that really, really resonated me and just solidified for me after coming back was. This idea of sisterhood. And so, what really drew me to this tantric yoga training was the fact that it was just women. There weren't any men at all. And I love that we were all together awakening our, you know, or unearthing our Shakti and, and, you know, doing, um, Shakti dancing and just communing together, and it was such a beautiful experience of holding space, but then also allowing each other to just really show up raw and true and see each other in that light, not trying to hide anything. And so it almost makes me scoff because it's like these different levels of 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 sisterhood that I felt. You know, like of course I have like my ride or dies, like one of my dearest, dearest sisters, my friend, I've known her for over over 22 years. Like that's, that's crazy. And so, um, you know, she's so, so, so dear to me and I love her immensely. I can like go on about her. And so it was so potent is I was able to meet these women and connect with them on such a deep level because we have this shared experience that we aren't sure we can communicate it to other people of what we've been through, but no one will know unless you were there. And the energy that we created together and the bonds that you formed um, and the sweetest thing that I know is that we spent so much time together. I mean, we were literally up from 6.30 in the morning to like – I don't know, 10, 11 at night, you know, just doing classes together, learning together, practicing together, swimming together in the Aegean Sea, which was so beautiful. Um, But the thing that was so interesting was there was nowhere to hide. And so a lot of the times you had this experience where, you know, you would get triggered and you couldn't hide from it. There would be days where you would have a great day and, you know, you wouldn't have a great day. And you would share about it honestly um, in our check-in circles of, you know, where are you at emotionally, mentally, even physically, how's your digestion. Um, And you could notice the wavering in people's moods and how they showed up and if they were present and what was coming up for them or, you know, if they couldn't be in a certain activity we were doing because maybe they had an emotional release that came up. And so um, to allow yourself to really be seen and witnessed by other women just created these these bonds where we felt so, 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 so um, connected to one another. And so when I came back, I realized, oh my God, like, there is nothing like the power of women coming together and literally feeling like this was our Shakti temple um, and witnessing each other. And I think there's something so important about allowing one to show up in a way where you just aren't judged. And I was a part of the, you know, the 12-step community for a very long time. It was, you know, one of the biggest things that really kind of opened up my spiritual awakening again. Um, after being raised Catholic, uh, you know, and growing up with that and having that conception of God, but then moving into 12 step and, and having this spiritual program, um, we were taught to be very real and shares. And so if you actually go to a 12-step meeting, you will have someone share their experience, strength, and hope. That's actually the structure of how someone does a share. And they talk about what it was like, what happened, and what it was like. Those three things. And I remember when I first got sober, people would, would, would just scream out, tell the truth, tell the truth, you know? And the beautiful thing was once you walked through those doors into a meeting, everything that you identified with was left. Your job, how much money you made, like everything. When you were in there, you were considered an equal and that the only thing that you had in common was just like that experience of wanting to get sober, wanting to help another person out. And I can see, you know, in retrospect, why i ended up staying sober was because of the spiritual community and i see that's that's something that's very much ingrained in me i'm very much a community builder i love having a pack of people around me like even if i if i'm working with a coach one on one or a mentor one on one i will always find people to huddle with like even starting my business my dear friend she said to me you know if you're going to start and you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have friends who don't necessarily understand you. And so how do you, you know, create this group who understand your insights, your challenges, your wins, like everything so that you don't fall to the wayside. And for me, I felt like, you know, that's just an important part of how I succeed is I'm always able to build a community around me. And I've, I've truly, truly felt the experience firsthand of, How many times that I felt I was carried by a group. And so, in this idea of a 12 step model, it felt very much like, oh, wow, you know, I can actually tell the truth and I won't be judged. Or it's like, maybe I will be, but they shouldn't be judging me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And it just felt really, really good to tell the truth and have these heads nod and be like, yes, fuck yes, girl, like, mm-hmm, I get it. I've been there. And then have them raise their hand and share like, this really touched me. And it was the first time that I experienced such on a profound level that communicating my outsides – not my outsides, <laughs> communicating my insides – truly communicating it could actually help another human being. And that was the most beautiful thing to me. And it made me think, oh, there's actually purpose to my quote-unquote suffering or whatever experience that I'm having because I know it can help someone else. It makes someone else feel less alone. And so, you know, uh, having that and, and knowing that that that's been very much embedded in me, is something that I think I've always been trying to recreate. And sometimes I'll have it in different communities, but if it's not the continual community, if it's not the same community that truly knows your story, because then to me that's just bypassing intimacy. Like the reason why circles work is because you allow people to truly see you. And the reason why this yoga training experience with different sisters was so profound was because we saw each other every day like towards the end of you know, the month that we were together, literally I could close my eyes and if someone spoke, I would know who it was. I knew their voice inside and out. I knew their mannerisms. And that was just such a beautiful thing. And it's funny because it reminds me of that movie, I think it was the Sunset trilogies. It was like before sunset, after sunset, or sunrise, or whatever. Um, it's with Ethan Hawke and that French actress. And at one point, she says, "Oh, don't you get sick?" And like, I wonder if someone gets like it was. She was talking about an old couple, and how this I forget with either her husband or the wife, they're like saying the same story again over and over again, and. Um, you know, one person has a perspective of like, oh, doesn't that get boring? And the other one's like, oh, you know, I actually don't think. Maybe I'm telling this wrong, but basically, the gist of the story is, is that she finds it really endearing when you know someone's mannerism, you know the actual story they're going to tell because you know them so well. And so, that was a beauty that I experienced of being in this container of of women and and, and like no masks. Like, sure, there's maybe a mask up in in the beginning, but eventually you got to know people's mannerisms to the point so well that you realize, okay, they're not having a great day. Or you were just very attuned to the group's um, energy. And even at one point, you know, there, there was a point where there was sort of, aggression or just people didn't have a good day. And that was a period where, where my teacher said, okay, this group's purification level has begun. Um, and, you know, not necessarily from the physical level, but – or maybe there was a physical level, but then also the emotional level. Like shit comes up and you're triggered. And so it was so interesting because that experience was just like life. It reminded me of family. It reminded me of times where it's like you're not going to like every single thing about someone, but you learn to love them anyway because you see the divine in them. You see yourself in them. And so, you know, there were a lot of times where we had different sort of rituals and activities where we could really understand that we were the same. You know, if, if we had any inner critic talk or judgment, we realized that we were the same and that what someone else was thinking, we were thinking too. And the beauty we saw in each other, like in the beauty. And so if you've never experienced um, a women's circle of coming together, of someone welcoming you – and I've hosted women's circles before where it, it didn't go as deep. And that's just, you know, a mirror of how comfortable someone is to share something. And granted, you know, in the very beginning, I just was not very comfortable at all. You know, I would would only tell certain people certain things or I wouldn't like share in a big group or I would just get so nervous I'd want to control what I would say because I was so – you know, focused on what someone else was thinking of me and and all of that. And then at the end of the day, I was like, I don't give a fucking shit. <laughs> like, who fuck cares? Um, and now what I really love is that people go up to me and they'll listen to my podcast and they're just like, damn, you are hella real. <laughs> like, you tell everything and I know way more about you than I do know <laughs> – than you do know about me and you're really good at sharing. And – It's because I've trained myself. I didn't show up this way to be completely open and free. Like in my family, like you just brushed everything under the rug. Like feelings – any feeling other than anger just was not accepted. And so being able to create that space and train myself and, you know, get over the fear of being judged and even now like being on this camera, right? Like being on this camera and talking to you and da-da-da-da. It's like a totally different vibe, um, then, you know, pl- closing my laptop and then just using my mic and just speaking into the mic. Um, but it makes it more of, in a way, a co-creative experience because I feel like I'm talking to someone. I feel like I'm talking to an audience or it's not just like a one-sided journal that someone's finding and it's an audio journal and, and they happen to be snooping. <laughs> um, and so, Yeah. I mean just the power that that experience had had is just so profound and I knew when I got back that I wanted to create a deeper container. And a deeper container to me is what does it mean to truly truly drop the mask? What does it mean to show up non-judgmental and actually have the courage to say what's going on? Um and want to step into that and be invited to that. I think that's something, if it's calling you, then, then try it and let your guard down and allow others to see you because I know deep down inside, all of us do, we want to be seen in a certain way. We want to be admired for the truth that we share especially in a world that feeds us truth that isn't ours and then one day we wake up and we realize oh that was not mine to take and what do I do with this who am i if i am not the things that people identify with me or like i identify with me but as they define me who am i truly and so it's a really interesting take on you know, giving yourself the permission to take up space and even watching yourself. If you find yourself judging another woman sharing in circle, you know, what is that telling you? Um, You know, and any time that I find myself judging another person, it's because, you know, essentially like I'm judging myself. And immediately I think of the reframe of how can I see the divinity in this? And how can I take it back to the divine? How can I take it back to know that this this is a unique expression of Shakti, the feminine in her divine form? And it's funny because I always used to – when I used to go to church when I was little, I'd always think, okay, my prayer after getting the Eucharist is – Um, I'm going to kneel down and pray. I'm going to look at all the different people that are at church. And I I love that and I look back at it because it's me looking at the different expressions of Shakti manifested into this world, the beauty in this world. And so if someone is sharing their different opinion that I don't necessarily agree with, I'm always trying to find the middle way of how can I go beyond my perspective how can i go beyond my opinion because when i start to get self righteous and think when i'm when i want to be right or what's wrong or labeling things then that's when i know i'm i'm not at a good place and i need to release my ego from it right and so a lot of the times your ego will be met but how do we use that as alchemy to polish ourselves, to refine ourselves, to walk more towards the path of love instead of divisiveness? And how can you allow yourself to really show who you are so you can develop these true intimate bonds with people and let them see you? And so I love this practice of, you know, coming together because it is a portal to not only create intimacy, but it's also an opportunity to bring the divine in your life. And, you know, I've never spoken about – I mean, sure, I've spoken about divine, like little bits and pieces here. But it's like more – like It's a lot of inner child stuff. And so I'm, I'm starting to like weave in just a little bit of, of teasers of what is really exciting and lighting me up. And it's this path of being – on the sacred feminine path and journey. And what does that look like? And, you know, I'll share about it in future episodes, but, you know, I'll give a little teaser here. It's, you know, me really exploring what does the relationship with the divine look like and how do I define it? And it's it's something that's so exciting to me. And I've always been a very, very spiritual person. And I'm always trying to think of how can I bring the divine in everything? How can I make my life sacred? How can I consecrate it and make it an offering to to the goddess, right? To the god and the goddess. Um, And what does it look like now in service to the world? What does that path look like where my life and my legacy is not just for me, but it's how can I allow other people to also step into their power and being called to really declare helping women, right? Helping women, and you know, i you know, like I alluded to back you know a couple minutes ago, <laughs> just you know thinking about the sister wound and how it's kind of come full circle. And wanting to help women. And so I just feel this inner fire to just like claim that. And it's so funny because, you know, some people, they'll go to spiritual events or retreats where men are also there. And I'm like, -uh. Mm nah, I just wanna be there for the women. I wanna be there on the sisters. Cause it's like, once you get a taste of it, where you are empowering each other to show up and feel sensual as fuck or, you know, Even crying because, like, everything is welcome. Everything is welcome. Your totality, like, all of you is welcome. And not having to compartmentalize. Like, a lot of the times I think of, you know, when women define what the divine feminine is, it's just, and I talked about this in my TikTok video recently, where it's just, oh, you know, you're leaning into your pleasure. You're just, you know, you're soft and feminine. And, um, you're letting the man lead or, you know, and this is also like energy too. Uh, You don't necessarily have to be a man because every single one of us has an inner masculine and feminine side to us. But it was just really – it's just really off-putting, the type of language. And I understand it because a lot of women have swung to the other side where – you know, from patriarchy, like they have to feel like they have to hustle and like be a boss. And like now you see this this backlash of people hating the term girl boss. And what does it look like? And so now you have people that are swinging towards the other side of the pendulum where they want to just be super soft and not want to do anything. And so how do you recalibrate? How do you find the middle? And how do you allow yourself to show up? Because being feminine isn't one-dimensional. It's multifaceted. We're multifaceted human beings. And so you need to have that balance. You need to have both and not outsource it to other people to expect them to be a certain way to hold that masculine structure for you. And, you know, it's it's so interesting because when you're in circle – um, or at least in the circles that I I want to create and cultivate now, and hold that deep, deep, deep space for people to show up and be who they are, like their raw, authentic selves. Like, yeah, express express what's coming up for you. Express your sadness. Express your rage. Like, you don't need to contain it, right? You don't need to contain it in order to make other people feel better. Just show up as you. Because a lot of the times we we're very much people pleasing. We have to be a certain way. We have to be feminine. We, we feel like we have to look pretty. Like I will literally – because I wanted to do I, – I did research. I was like, what are people spewing about Divine Feminine? Specifically on TikTok. I, wanna, I really, really wanted to know. And it was just a lot about letting the man lead. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, hmm. Okay. Um that's very interesting. Uh and, you know, just being pretty. <laughs> and it's like then that's just a one-dimensional feminine person. I'm not really sure if the divine is brought into that. How do you bring the divine? When I think about the divine, I think about the goddess. How do you treat yourself like the goddess? How do you show up like the goddess? Um and that's like a whole Whole other spiritual topic of what does it mean? And deep study of the different goddesses and the different archetypes, and you know, cross culturally, um, literature, all of that stuff. And I feel like this phrase is very much thrown around loosely just because it's popular um, and women want to opt out of the patriarchy. And so I'm seeing this gap. I'm, I'm totally seeing this gap. And, you know, recently I came across the term dakini, which is, you know, used in Tibetan Buddhism where it's 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 a term that's used to really encapsulate and define what is that unbridled feminine energy. And so it, it allows for that rawness, that realness. Um where it's like you can be untamed and wild. And that's why I love the wild woman archetype is because she's the one that's not giving a fuck. She's sharing her truth. She's not going to back down. And you can be fierce and you can be strong and you can be loving and you can be all of those things that are, that are, you know, considered polarities, but it makes you multifaceted. It makes you very rich. And that's why I do love tantra because it it allows you to see the divinity in everything and how you're showing up and and however way your your Shakti wants to express itself. And so that's what I want these circles to, to hold is that divine expression of who you are, which is so sacred because it's unique only to you. Only to you. And when you show up in this world as a way where – You allow yourself to be that sacred expression of Shakti. Like, that is power. That is power. And you give someone else to feel that they can express themselves. And it was so interesting because I was talking to one of my sisters today on our sister date. And, you know, she said that, you know, she was able to express herself in movement and she allowed other people to, to want to express themselves in that way. And that was the same thing that happened with me in my training. You know, like when we did the first Shakti ecstatic dancing, um, some people felt uncomfortable. And then later on, you know, one person mentioned like, oh, yeah, but then I saw my sisters feeling like really into it. And then it's like, oh, okay, I can do it too. And I used to be like that too where I was just like this. I don't know how to find my sensual energy. And now like whenever I have sensual dancing, I'm just like, hell yeah, like let me feel into myself. Um, And I love that. I love that I'm able to to really, really feel into that unbridled energy and just let it come out and just let it be an expression of love and devotion and really, really showing gratitude and reverence of like treating your body like a temple, that it is an expression and a manifestation of the divine and movement, right? And movement and really thinking that everything you do is sacred and a ritual. And so that is why I'm just so excited and juiced up to offer These online circles. And so that's what I I just felt so much fire coming back of, I want to hold these sacred women's circles. I want to have a journey into the sacred feminine. I want to explore different spiritual topics where people can be raw and real and honest and share what's going on and not feel judged. Um, and just be real right? Like we don't have to walk around eggshells around each other. Like we can be transparent with each other. And how do we do that here? This is sort of like, you know, the locker room. And then when we go out there in the real world, that can be the practice. That's the practice that we take and that's the juice that we take and that's the magic that we take when we're in circle is that we get to have these ripple effects out there that are affecting the collective, that are affecting the workplace, that are affecting other, you know, people whomever we meet, like on the road um, when you're saying hi to someone, when you're driving to work, uh, when you're with your children, like that, that has an effect on them. It has an effect on everyone. And so I just want to be able to bring this out to so many different women to, and that's why I wanted to focus online, right? Like I mentioned before, it's so easy to just stay in San Francisco and do that and do in person, you know, and there's something always special about that and that magic, but how can we create these connections um, across geographies, across time, and and just be there for each other and be there in that sort of like that community, that creation of that community? And I just, you know, it feels really good to, to actually claim it and, you know, be in this space of helping women on this path. And, you know, I did not want to have children. I mean, well, I think it's only in the last maybe five years. No, maybe three, four years, four, 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 five years um, when I thought about like, oh, okay, like maybe, maybe I'd want to have children. And the honest truth was I just didn't trust myself. I didn't know if I could be a good mom. And I mentioned it in my previous episodes. I did a lot of inner work. I found my divine inner mother and I was able to connect with my little girl, little Lisa. And from that experience, I know that I will be a wonderful mother and, you know, God willing when and if it does happen and, you know, when my partner and I choose to, to try, you know, we will be granted a baby um, if it's in our dharma, if it's supposed to happen. And I remember for the longest time, I only wanted to have boys. I wanted to have boys because I wanted to take the responsibility of what it was like to, you know, raise a son, raise a man into this world. And I just wasn't open to raising I just didn't want to raise a daughter. I didn't want to raise a daughter. Um, you know, I know a lot of other people are just like, oh, I'd love to raise a daughter. I want a daughter. Um, but for me, there's just something about boys. And that's why I love that my sister has two, two boys because I, you know, I feel like they're my own. And I get to play with them and I get to teach them, although sometimes I can be a really tough discipliner. <laughs> But I'm learning and I love that. I love that I get to learn even if I'm not, you know, a direct parent, I am vicariously. And I will always say sorry to my nephews, especially if I feel like I have done something wrong because just because I'm older than, you know, a little kid doesn't make me feel like – doesn't make me think that I know better. I think for me it's really important to honor and be humble and exert humility and, and say like, hey, I fucked up. <laughs> like I'm sorry I, I did that. Um, did that make you feel this way? You know? Um, to honor, acknowledge, you know, another human being's feelings. And so what – you know, it wasn't until honestly maybe the last couple of months. Um, no, really. Like just a month ago where I thought, oh, I think – think I would be okay with having a daughter. I think I would be okay with having a daughter. And I just didn't. I didn't want one. I didn't want the responsibility of raising a daughter. I knew it was a lot harder. I just thought about, oh, all the stuff that women go through, all all of those things. And then I started to think about, okay, you know, like, she's probably going to be a brat, we might fight when she's a teenager, blah, 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 like all of these things. And I just saw these these beliefs that I had that I created from certain experiences, from media, from TV shows of what I thought that my experience was going to be like. So I was projecting and um, feeding myself these thoughts. And I remember my partner, he – he always told me, he was just like, oh, yeah, I really want girls. I really want girls. And I would always ask him, why? Why would you want girls? <laughs> like, hell to the no. And um, he said, oh, because I would love to, you know, do what she wants and treat her like a princess. And I remember when he said that, immediately in my body, I thought like, oh, my God. I think one day I might be jealous of my daughter. And I don't know if any other parent – I mean, I don't follow mommy bloggers or – love that I said bloggers. That was so like 2011. Um, <laughs> 2013. <laughs> or mommy influencers. But I just don't know if anyone's openly speaking about it. I think the ones that are openly speaking about it are the daughters whose moms were – whose moms were jealous of them. Um, but I don't I haven't heard of any like mother's perspective. And the first time I heard of a parent being jealous of their kid was actually in a fucking 12-step meeting because people were honest, like I told you about. Um, and so – I just remember having that feeling of like, oh my god, my daughter is going to be treated better than I am, and you know she's not going to have to go through daddy issues of abandonment, and chasing these emotionally unavailable men, and blah, blah blah blah. Like I had my moment of like, wow, and but that's the work, right? That's the work that we do is we work on ourselves so our children don't have experience what we do, right? And some people may have it through the lens of material generational wealth in that sense, but also thinking about emotional wealth, emotional like generational wealth of, wow, my daughter is not going to have daddy issues and she's going to choose a really loving partner and have a secure relationship because she's going to have secure attachment style. I'm like, wow, you're welcome. You know? (laughs) You're welcome. I'm doing all – you know, like I, I went through all these challenges um, or it's like, you know, I think my parents working so hard to send me and my sister to school and have a great education. It's like, oh, you're welcome. You know, and this is, this is kind of like my you're welcome moment. And, you know, now I just think, oh, wow, she's really lucky. And I'm really glad that I got to choose someone who can show up and be there and be a good father who wants to have a daughter who's excited about it, who, who wants to do all the things that she wants and like treat her like a fucking princess because that's what she fucking deserves. You know, that's what all women deserve and nothing less. And so she won't be in, you know, hopefully she won't be in therapy sessions talking about, you know, her father who mistreated her or whatever. And, um, and that's the beauty of this gift. Right. And, and so it's only recently that I decided to, to not decided but it's just I accepted it and I welcome it and I honor it like oh it would be a privilege to have a daughter and I almost feel like coming back this is tr- my my dharma has become even more real it's become even more real in the sense of wanting to show up and help women and see this different path and be there for support in whatever way. And so I'm super excited because I want to dive more into this. I'm excited to explore this new path. I'm excited to share it with all of you through online circles. Um, That's why I want to do it online so we can all connect far and wide and, you know, find that that peace in ourselves and each other. And hold each other, and in sacred ritual, where we allow ourselves to just cross this threshold and get into the portal of what does it mean to bring the sacred in everything? What does it mean to honor those manifestations and intentions that we want? Um, what does it mean to connect more to that divine feminine through ritualistic practices that allow us to tap into nature and the different elements and working with it and. And really seeing each other in that and connecting and asking each other, like, hey, how's how is that going? You shared about that circle. And you know, just really build community. And so that is my wish. So my next circle, my well, my first one that I'm hosting coming up is on November 27th. And I'm super, super excited. It'll be a lot of fun online. You I will link it in the show notes of how you can sign up. It's on Eventbrite. And it'll be on November 27th with the full moon. I've always, always, always loved the lunar energy ever since I was a little kid. My sister and I, we shared the same room and we had a balcony. And anytime that I just could not sleep, I would open the blinds and the curtains and I would just look out at that luminous moon. And I just had this longing towards it and for it. And you know, uh, it's sometimes I'll I'll do work with a new moon, but I just felt really called to do something with the full moon, right? The full moon is really about what do you want to release, what are you willing to let go of, and what are you here to celebrate and honor everything that has come to come to fruition. You know, it's like the the new moon is intention setting and then the full moon is really about celebration and releasing and allowing. And so I just love being able to work with the cyclical nature, which is representative of the divine feminine, right? Being able to work and tune into your cycles and nature and what does that look like? And so just allowing us to to have the space and time to create rituals around the full moon is just so powerful. And I will do – a tantra yoga sequence where we are working with moon salutations just to honor that full moon that day and and be in its presence and, um, you know, be with each other. And, and the theme for this one is tending to the sacred void. And what does that mean? And so when I think of that liminal state, you know, oftentimes, especially in divine feminine work, we talk about the the endings and beginnings, the deaths and rebirths. And, you know, in Tantra, I learned that anytime there is an ending, the beginning is there as well. And how can you see the non-duality in the duality? And so that's why I really wanted to focus on this, this sacred void allowing the the power of the divine feminine, feminine energy, the creatrix, right? Using that creative energy because in order for anything to birth and come into being into this world, there needs to be space for it. There needs to be letting go of it, of something in order to receive something else, in order to create something else. And so how do we get comfortable with being in the unknown? How do we get comfortable in the waiting? And how do we Harness that almost quiet magical power. How do we stay in our power when we don't know what it's going to look like? And so, it requires just a deep trust and surrender and faith. And um, I'm so excited to explore that. So, would really love for you to be there. It's from 5:30 to 7:30. I wanted to make it two hours long, just because there's a lot of things I want to do and I'm just testing it out of like, oh, what's better? You know, it was actually even hard for me to create a time for it because I don't want to make it too early or too late for people. And, you know, I'm just, I'm excited to see who shows up. And if it's just like one person, great. You get like a one-on-one session. But anyways, I was just so excited to to share this and, and have this as an offering um, because it's something that I really care about. It's something that – I'm excited to hold more space for. Um, and I'm so glad that you're with me on the journey. But happy I did this. I'm proud of myself. I did this video recording. I feel like it's just more of a video recording rather than an audio podcast. Um, so I'm excited about releasing both. But anyways, I will share all of the information on the Sacred Women's moon circle coming up november 27th and i hope to see you online and if you loved this episode or if you you know just share it with your friends in your network i would deeply appreciate it and if you can't make it to the event i would love for you to share it as well um you know it's really important to think about how we can pay it forward how we can help each other women especially and just help each other on this path. It's really important. And so, super excited that you're here, that you listened, and I can't wait to catch you all next time. All right, talk to you later. Bye.